Welcome to The Perfect Storm, a bi-weekly podcast for business executives and cybersecurity professionals. Industry veterans Michael Markulek and Matthew Webster chat with guests about the latest cyber news, threats, and trends, and how all of it impacts their businesses. Harbor Technology Group is a cybersecurity consulting firm that offers advisory services to the SMB. Harbor believes by taking a proactive rather than reactive approach to cybersecurity, business leaders can develop a cybersecurity program that will address external requirements, exceed client expectations, and ultimately take their organization to the next level. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. Welcome back to another edition of The Perfect Storm. My guest today, my privileged guest today, is David Abadarun. Um, David's actually in Manchester in the UK um, and has a varied background in cybersecurity, information technology, leadership. Um, so I'm pleased to have you with us today, David. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about the work that you're doing, um, and then we'll, we'll do a little Q&A. All right. Thank you so much for having Michael. I'm excited to be here. Amazing work you're doing. And thank you for helping us to keep the world safe. So uh, I've been here, done that. Um, basically, uh, my specialization is in cybersecurity, threat intelligence, and cyber forensics. Uh, specifically, I help organizations work to make the organization safer from, from a pre-event perspective. Like we say, there are only two kinds of organizations, those that have been hacked and those that are yet to be hacked. So before right. you are hacked or before an attempt is made at you, how do we make you more safer in a cost-effective way, uh, in a value-driven way? Because typically people spend money on cybersecurity, yet there's no incident. <laughs> and then they're wondering, what, what's going on the budget for? So how do we ensure that we at least work from a value perspective? We don't overkill it. And at the same time, we are safe and secure. Uh, I've done a couple of things. I, I'm into agile project management. Uh, I have the blessing of having worked both in the waterfall and the agile environment. So I help organizations to become more resilient also. I started my consulting work and I've done some work also in human capital and I understand the people's side. And I have a passion for people. And again, every hack is a human moment. There are few hacks that are pure, pure machines. If you think about it, even the hacker is a human being at the end of the day. <laughs> so there is always the human angle to the story. Uh, worked in consulting around different industries about two decades, uh, covering different areas, gave me rich experience. Uh, worked uh, in Africa and now in the UK. A little, little bit of work in the Middle East at some point. Uh, and then here, just a little bit in the Middle East, mostly, mostly remotely though. And then here I am also in the UK. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. It, it's interesting that human component. Um, we we see it in every you know, Verizon data breach report that comes out, the the Cisco report that comes out annually. The numbers ninety plus ninety two percent of all incidents start with a human doing something wrong. Um, Absolutely. And it's funny because you know we hire staff today, we give them a two thousand three thousand dollar laptop, we yep. give them access to 
all of our sensitive information, our yep. critical assets, yep. uh, and we don't train them. Right? <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't get a you can't get a, a driver's license for a car without a little bit of training. But absolutely, yet we, we let people onto our network, and we give them you know we give them yep. access to critical information. So, if you would yep. just talk a little bit about that human component, how do we make the human better? You know, how do we how do we how do we get them to be part of the solution, not not part of the problem? Yes, um, uh, it's about everybody mentions the word awareness. It's, it's about awareness, but but awareness is deeper than awareness. There are actually five levels of awareness. Uh, one of the challenges we have in cybersecurity is that words are not meanings, and meanings are not words. The word awareness in French has masculine and feminine awareness, for example, that is very alien to the English one speaker like you and I. Now, now, now until people are attacked, uh, let me say kind of floating. I mean, if I say, can you float or can you swim? Generally, it, it has only one definition. When you enter water, the meaning of floating is interpreted in your muscles, how you carry your body mass. So you either float or you sink. <laughs> uh, when people have not been attacked or they've not witnessed a cybersecurity event, there's a disconnect, an internal disconnect. And so it's beyond an awareness training. So we must move the internal needle of awareness to what I call immersion awareness. And this is why a lot of uh, uh, budgets is wasted. And it's the headache of many CIOs and now CHROs, that's Chief of Human Resources, Chief Talent Managers, there's a disconnect in training in terms of awareness. There is no amount of training that can create the internal radar of behavioral change that you need until you've been hacked. When you are hacked, even if it's a tiny loss, even if it's a tiny problem, you never almost would be able to be careless again. Right. It's really difficult to be careless again. If a little bit of your card had been stolen before, even if it's two dollars or one dollar or one pound, you want to. So, 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 so it's a game of awareness. And how do we measure that awareness? How do we have a, a cyber awareness 1.0? How do we customer calibrate it for an organization, department by department? And how do we move it to 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, 5.0? And like we say, all the things we do in cybersecurity in preparation like governance, risk, and compliance is in cybersecurity. Because we spent all that money and we did all that training doesn't mean the incident will not happen. The problem doesn't go away. So, 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 so from a human perspective, how much does the organization and the execs understand and can relate with what we are saying? That, that, that's a key factor. And how do we calibrate our understanding? And we stop the resistance we have when we're trying to give budgets to execs around cybersecurity. Because typically it's policing money. When there's no crime and you're sleeping well in your house, you think the police officer is on holiday. The day there's a crime, then you say, but I gave you a lot of money last year. So whether there's a crime or not, <laughs> the cybersecurity professional and the organization is in a very bad place already. But that never happens when there's enough awareness. Right. We need to move the word awareness in the human soul up. We need to drive in a very ingenious way. Why not scaring people, but at least helping 
people appreciate at a deeper level to comprehend what we're saying. So, so some of that, as you're describing it, I was thinking, you know, you know, we have simulated fishing, right? You know, let's let's make sure that we're we're doing simulated fishing. One of the yeah. things that I, I really like to do at all levels of an organization is a tabletop, right? You know, what 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 happened what, when something bad happens? What are we going to do, right? You know, we have this incident response plan or this policy here, but how does that get filtered down inside the organization, right? Yep. So I, yep. I like to use things like simulated fishing, tabletops, real world kind of experience to kind of, mm -hmm. as you said, bring that awareness up, make it, make it more of that immersion awareness. So uh, uh, Absolutely. Uh, in addition to that, I like to use the big stories. I mean, somebody clicked at 4 a.m. In, in somewhere in Northern Ireland and, and the government had to pay 20 million pounds in food because data was compromised by 10 a.m. They isolated the systems, but, but by the time you got to the brass stacks of it, the rumor, because by ransoms, you won't have the government say how much they paid. What we heard was about 20 million pounds. Uh, the other one I think was in Sweden, just, just, just a few hours of intrusion. So when, when you give exact numbers, then, then there's a new, there's a new. I think it's in China. I saw a new regulatory law where the CEO can go to jail. Yeah, I think well, it's in China. We're starting. <laughs> it's interesting you say that. It's um, you know, one of the trends here in the U.S. is to make sure that you have a chief security officer, that they have representation at the board level, that somebody has got to have accountability a lot like sarbanes oxley when we had the financial crisis now we're seeing it you know applied to information security um yep. i i think you know that 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 role that chief information security officer role is kind of pivoting away from being a technologist to really being a risk manager a risk executive absolutely uh, and, and, and that's a welcome uh, that's a welcome um, um, development because before now, the cybersecurity exec is typically disconnected. He just wants to keep everything safe and secure, and he doesn't care whether processes are slower. He doesn't care whether customers are irritated. He doesn't care the cost of transactions when we need to re-authenticate twice and why we have to use bio and why we don't have to use bio because the customer wants this thing faster so when there is more business concentration which is on the risk side a risk manager have, have holistic view so to speak they know there's also a risk of losing business or a risk of competition taking advantage of that slowness in the process while you're double authenticating so that's also a very powerful development all those things help awareness at a deeper level right and it really does become um, that risk management. You have different levels of risk. I, t I tell folks all the time, if I ran, if I ran a, a chain of dry cleaners, right, my risk tolerance would be pretty high. I want to protect, yep. my point, protect my point of sale system and probably nothing else, right? Yes. If, if I'm developing pharmaceuticals um, and I'm running clinical trials, right? Now, you know, my risk tolerance is extremely low, right? I don't want yes. anything to touch that network. And therefore, yes. those two individuals are making very different decisions about technology, about process, about people, 
Um, so it's it, it's interesting that we're really now getting back to where I think we should have started from, which is let's have a risk conversation, not a security conversation. Absolutely. And, and, and you, you know, it's again very powerful what you're describing because criminals only go after the value. Except some category of criminals like the archivists or those who want to prove a point or those who are sympathizing with a cause, generally where the money is, where the value is, is that special information. So wherever the value is for your business, based on the kind of business you're doing, is where the ACA goes for. The other bit is, what is important to the ACA again is your, your, your raw value, value that's on process, something you have in the warehouse they can capitalize on, which could be information. So you're very correct. But even at that, the human being sits at the heart of everything. It's a human being that tailgates. It's a human being that exposes your server passwords. It's a human being that will not put the bio the human being that will give their friends the password. It's a human being. Majority of the time with every breach, there's a human angle to it. And, and you know, it's it's interesting. We talked about a little bit about awareness and awareness training and all that. I think there there's a, a lot of stuff that's getting down to the mid-tier lower side of the organization. I think the biggest gap is still with the executives. Um, yep. You know, I, you know, uh, not to speak out of school, but you know, you know, we had a we had a, a client recently who just opened in an international office without ever thinking about the risk associated with it, right? Yep. And, and you're yep. talking about different privacy laws, different encryption laws, right? There's a lot of things to think about. It, it's that executive that we really need to kind of, you know, talk to, make more aware. Um, so I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. I, I fully agree. When the exec agrees, the work is easier. In fact, 90% of the work is done. And, and see, execs have a lot of blind spots. They typically are thinking profit. I mean, no exec starts a business thinking he will be hacked one day. Right. The, the average thought is, I just want to do my business, make money, secure money from the bank. There, there are a few business plans at the SME level that contains cyber, except it's in the payment industry, an industry where there is a lot of theft going on, or the person happens to come uh, in contact with a good architecture, uh, a CIO or, or a good architecture uh, 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 professional for, for their core design. Most of the time, people design to make money. People design, people design execs designed to be successful seldom do they design to be hacked seldom even for business that have existed for many years i mean organizations are still struggling with uh should we increase the server budget for next year why do we have to take the server we, we increased capacity two years ago why do we need to increase capacity no uh, we need to go to the cloud they're making all sort of business decisions and very very few considerations for security the cio in many smes is now left to try and secure the network one way, then maybe the CEO or the CFO is hacked or something happens and somebody is hacked and it's already too late at that time. And they say, how come you didn't tell us about this? How come it's your gross negligence? You can even lose your job. And I'm always laughing. We don't because nobody prepares to fail in terms of cybersecurity, it's not it's not a natural thing for someone that's just start, start, starting a business. It's not, not natural. So 
It takes a while for it to sink into. Once that job is done and the execs can buy into it. Well, I, I also think the, the executives, the C-suite, um, look, we manage, we manage our, our finances down to, down to the penny, right? We all know what an income uh, statement looks like. We know what a balance sheet looks like. Um, but, but I don't think there's been enough education, training, awareness at the executive level on what information security is. You know, I, I talk to small and medium-sized business CEOs all the time, and they, they immediately point at their IT guy. And I'm like, no, it's not an IT problem, right? This is a business problem. This is a management problem. Um, so it's, it's a, I think we still need to get that shift. We're seeing some of it. We're seeing regulations and, and you know, industry change, but we still haven't seen enough of it on the ground, in my, in my opinion. I, I absolutely agree with you. Majority of the, even the leadership business school training for top execs, for technology and IT has even gone mainstream because technology is enabling businesses today. But the cyber security perspective of this, of, of, of that conversation is not loud. Check many executive training programs where you train execs about how to use technology, uh, AI, empowering your business, the highest profit, 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 profit. Everybody's saying value, value, unlock value, conquer your market, be the superior guy. Seldom does the conversation come in from the perspective of cybersecurity. But the evidence from research in forensics would show a lot of blind spots a lot of blind spots and concepts like forensics by design, security by design, it's struggling to come mainstream. Right. Because the cost of this security by design for someone that designs a laptop, even though it's secure enough, all things being equal, but the security component of it to make it bigger will actually cost more money for the company. And they want to mass produce anyway. They don't want anything too expensive. And so the, this chat. This challenge is huge. And, and you know what, Michael, what's, 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 what's mind-boggling is how much of these systems we will depend on, how much of technology we will depend on 10 years from today, how much of our trains, already our planes are being flown 50 to 60% of the time on auto when the pilot is not even there. A majority of the systems that the pilot depends on, even if you were there, are all fully online. Everything's online. Everything's through the cloud. And, and there's some, I encountered some uh, a certain uh, solution that you can use to look at any IP anywhere in the world. Once the device is connected to the internet, there is a certain website that you plot in the name of that design, the physical address where it is, it will bring you all the devices in that area. So if you were to know my house address now, you can easily know the IP of, if I have a certain kind of camera or this laptop, I have an HP. So you can know that this is the IP address that this IP is using to connect, this uh, computer is using to connect to the internet. Think about public water systems that's going to, in the future, connected cities. Uh, think about cars, the, the new driverless cars, the the internet is about to become our life and we don't even know enough to keep it secure 
I, I say this, and I think we we talked in our pre-interview. I do a lot of speaking on cybersecurity, and one of the things I I mention is, you know, more kids are going to play online today than go outside. More financial transactions happen online than in banks across the world. Um, more goods will be bought today at places like Amazon and eBay than sold yep. in bricks and mortar stores. That's around the world. Yep. Yep. And yep. This is this is a change that we've had in the past twenty five years, thirty years, right? Uh, absolutely. Thirty years ago, we had cell phones that were the size of the laptops. Now, yep, 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 um, yep, yep. We got we got more power in our cell phones today than than more than any time in the world. I agree. I agree. So I, I think agree. that acceleration is going to change, and I also think there's the the human dynamic, right? Post pandemic, we're um, more people working from home. They've got this hybrid environment. We need to be able to access information from, you know, from vacation, right? You know, no longer do we go on vacations and turn things off. You know, Absolutely. we, you know, we, we go to France to watch the rugby world cup and everybody's going to go back and get online at night or Australia yeah. for the women's yeah. soccer world cup. So yeah. I, it's amazing to me, the interconnectivity um, and the pro proliferation of devices and I think that's a challenge that us security professionals are really going to have to work on in the next decade. I I, I agree with you. And, and like I said again, evidence from forensics events, and that is that is uh, uh, when when forensics investigators are looking at events, and all over the world, there is a lot of evidence to say there's a lot of gap in how much plan and design we have for crimes. I mean, nobody expects cybercrime. I mean, there's not cybercrime as a service. It is now a service. There are organizations who are actually now like mercenaries. Yeah, Rans <laughs> ransomware is a service. I think, thank you. It's, it's getting big. Ransomware as a service is getting very big and it's getting scary. So, so we are going to have cities, in quote, that all the trains in the city will be manned on a server. There'll be less drivers working. And they were going to have all of these hooked up to machines. Even if a driver were to be there, there are electronics systems that are being used, all passing through the cloud, one way or the other. How do we secure data and ensure confidentiality, uh, availability, and integrity, both at rest and in motion? This will be a major feature of our lifestyle. Hospitals now run on machines, servers that are online today. Majority of the, of the systems that hospitals use I mean, the consultants can look at the monitor via an app uh, on their phones for people in intensive care. It's getting scary how much we're depending on machines. And the body of knowledge to keep us secure yep. and keep us safe is far lower than the awareness around what could go wrong. And, and it's interesting. You know, there's a lot of talk about zero trust. Um, yep. Yep. And we can we can build at a machine level, at a, at a, at a computer level, we can build zero trust um, easily. But yes. where, we, where we have difficulty, zero trust, is again, back to where we started at that human level, right? Yes. You, you and I have had now two conversations for, I don't know, maybe a total of about an hour. Um, yes. And we've built, we've already built the trust. That's it. That's the problem. <laughs> that, that's the problem. Because, thank you, for, thank you for that angle, because there's a moment of the human soul in every hack. There is, and, and the person that will hack you Generally, social engineering 
will be someone that some trust has been built. So with a machine, you could build zero trust. But when I see a message from Michael, and the message says, uh, and see, I can see Michael, social security, you can see David, social security. So somebody can pick and say, uh, Michael, David is sending you this message that you should actually click on this link about the video around the new trends in leadership, and someone just watches this episode, and the Michael's going to, oh, wow, David, yeah, 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 somebody's going to say, and you click. Yep. And that's the end. That that is the end. So how do we get how do we get Michael and David to know that when you're dealing online to have that awareness, not the behavioral change? And no matter how excited or emotional you are, no matter how humane you are, that humanity will be used against you. So we're being primed for a need, like, like you know how to drive on the right hand side of the road. We're not going to be driving on the left hand side of the road. Meaning that when it concerns digital things. We have to have new behavioral patterns, belief systems. Now, how do you pass people from just I heard the story, or there's hack going on outside there? Oh yeah, I saw some newspaper. Oh, the government pays millions. Yeah, I know, I know. How do you go from that to man? Don't click yet. Check it. Hello, market. Did you send me a message? Are you? Am I sure I came from you? I mean, you know that an SMS can easily come from your phone, can come from your mobile number. Someone can go online in the web, and you know this. And the person would brand an SMS off the web and put it to your number. And then when it comes to my phone, it's going to be your number. Now, there's going to be, there are a few things that can make me not click. So, oh, David, by the way, there's a special uh, cybersecurity thing, you know? <laughs> and then, that, you know, that comes to that, you know, you know, obviously, we, we, we've been talking a lot about the individual, the human uh, issue. But we also, you know, if we think about and design systems that, you know, protect critical assets, you know, yep. you know, we you know we're getting much better, even with the use of AI, to yep. look at um, anomalous behavior, right? Yep. Yep. When 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 I stop acting like like myself, my computer should know that, um, right? So we, we you know there are technologies coming down the road, um, the first of which being kind of EDR, MDR. Um, yep. That really, you know, are I think are game changers, and, and really, kind of now putting technology really in a in a strong place to start to help the human make better decisions. Yeah, and, and I look forward to those technologies because with the profiling of threats today, and and the and the behavior of advanced persistent threats, uh, again coming at an individual, and don't don't forget the movement of the human soul. We make thousands of decisions. Uh, and after the first few hundreds, as we say, your decision-making pattern begins to wane. Your, your decision-making presence of mind, the ability to maintain focus and make... So we need machines, AI, to actually help us, and I agree with you on that, uh, to at least begin to know that, no, no, this is not usual. Uh, Michael doesn't log in. When he's in the United States, yes, but when he's outside the United States, no, 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 no. It must either be a thumbprint or the iris. So I don't thumbprint or iris, I lock him out, and it's okay. Going to be locked out, and this something I noticed in the financial in uh, sector. The first time you are making the transaction of a certain amount, let's say you just do fifty dollars, hundred dollars, two hundred. The day you make a seven hundred ish, or an eight hundred ish, or a thousand ish at a certain threshold, it's going to say no. Right. Then you got to do some authorization and allows you to go. I think a lot of financial self servers are beginning to have that kind of uh, uh, the financial service industry fintechs. And that's a good one. That's an example. When the server knows this is normal, it's too big. This amount is big. It's unusual. Or the location is unusual. 
So I look forward to that day where we're going to have more of these kind of systems to aid us to keep the world safer. Perfect. Well, David, I'm going to wrap this up, but I am going to have you back on because I, there's so many things I'd like to explore. You know, we didn't even touch on software development, your agile background, and I, I think there's interesting things going on there as well. So um, with all of our guests, um, we ask you to kind of, you know, give us that harbor, give us that, you know, tropical resort, give us that destination um, <laughs> that appeals to you. And, 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 you know, just, you know, if you if you got if you got any place to think, as I said, we've been from New Zealand to New Jersey. So, uh, you know, where, where's your uh, where's your magic well, harbor? Well, well, for me, I always uh, one of my book, my bucket list to go to the Maldives. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my bucket list. I, I've not been there either. And that's uh, that's certainly one that, uh, you know, comes to mind. So, yes. David, I'd really like to thank you for your time today. Um, thank you so I think much. I think our, our listeners are going to get a lot of out of this. It's it's a joy to talk to you. Your passion comes mm -hmm. through. And like I said, um, I am definitely going to reach out and put you know, something on your calendar in a, in a few months. And we'll talk uh, we'll talk agile development, secure software. I, I look forward to it powerfully. Uh, and how Agile can make uh, cybersecurity and implementation better. I look forward so powerfully. Right. Awesome conversation. Thank you so much. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. We would also like to thank Tom Marshall for the original music. Yes, that Tom Marshall from Fish fame. Harbor's portfolio of services is designed to meet the cybersecurity needs of small and medium enterprises. We offer a range of services from cyber risk advisory to VCSO consulting to meet specific security requirements without putting a strain on your technology budget. If you like what you heard here, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. We release new podcasts every other week and are available on Spotify and Apple. You can reach us through our website if you have additional questions or suggest a great harbor we should mention on our next show. 